Hey everyone, it's three o'clock here in New Mexico. Welcome to the Warren Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Warren, and uh, an exciting show today. We have uh, A.R. Edwards is going to be on talking to us. He's uh, he's out of San Antonio. He's an option trader. He's someone that I follow on Twitter. I followed him for a long time. Um, we go back and forth in our discussions. We have you know different views on things, um, um, but it's really exciting to have him on. A.R., how are you doing? Uh, hey, how you doing? How you doing, Warren? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're excited. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I'm a full-time uh, uh, option trader. I, I trade partially, um, and uh, back and forth, you know, with that, uh, with the options and stuff. But usually, I um, yeah, I got, I got a. You know, Warren, Warren to tell you, we go back. I, I, I've been following Warren on Twitter for a while, so super excited to be here. I don't know if we can hear me. Now, how did you uh, how did you get into trading or, you know, options trading in general? Um, so with with the options trading uh, started back in uh, 2000. 18, um, I, uh, got introduced to it with, from a, from a guy who, um, who showed me, um, a little bit about it, um, back then I was new. Um, I, I started really off with Forex. Um, I was trading in the Forex currency market and I was doing that since 2016. Um, and then I kind of pivoted over. Um, towards 18, towards like the end of 18, over to options, and uh, just been playing volatility um, and hedging uh, with with that. Okay, so when you say um, you're playing volatility, are you you're buying uh, buying options, call options, or put options on the VIX? Yeah, so I started playing with the VIX um, back then. I was I was um, hedging with the VIX. Um, I was playing that. Um, uh, I didn't. I didn't get too much into like individual uh, options until later on, and uh, I started playing around with the uh, SPY, QQ, um, the Russell. Um, so, and then from from that from that point on, it kind of just you know got into you know individual stocks that I was studying at the time, and. Um, yeah. So, so what would you say your your general strategy is? Do you do you are you mostly hedging with options, or are you buying option contracts looking to make returns on the premium? So, what with my strategy, um, I started my uh, really most of my investing um, was you know I had my main portfolio, um, which I which you know uh, it. Uh, Compromise it. Uh, it was mostly my stock picks of what I was looking at, um, and not, not until recently, which was like last year, I started getting more into um, hard metals, um, silver, gold, stuff like that. So I started to get more into the contrarian type of viewpoint on stocks, equities, um, and and so I started using options in that way, um, and I started to hold. 
and and use that as a uh, premium. Yeah, like you said, to hold towards you know um, towards that that premium and stuff on the hedge. Okay, cool. And um, so this has kind of been a you know a volatile week in markets. Actually, been a volatile month. Um, how are you, how have you kind of been playing the volatility here? Are you, are you long on volatility calls? Are you selling options? What, what, what are you, how are you playing this? Um, yeah, this has been a, this has been a crazy wild week. Um, and I actually, you know, recently I haven't even, you know, I had just gotten back into this trade, um, because I had taken some time off, um, you know, my, my, uh, my theory and my, my thesis was that, um, you know, Fed's room raising rates. So um, with that being said, I took a lot of the um, ideas that I had with the um, silvers and hedging those small minor companies like that. And I, and I started to uh, go back and revert back into my 18 style where I was dibbling, dabbling into uh, the QQs, going back into um, the... Uh, the uh, um, SPY, uh, Spider, uh, and buying uh, in the money puts and out of the money puts. Recently, I started um, investing more into um, the out of the money. And so, are you? Do you think we continue to go down from here, or do you think we've kind of bottomed? What's your kind of long-term, month or year view on this? Um, I, I honestly. I think in my, in my opinion of this and, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm no financial advisor, obviously I don't, you know, uh, you know, don't suggest none of this is just a guy on the internet, but I, I think there's a lot of tailwinds. Um, there's a lot of, uh, rip currents and tailwinds, um, that are happening here. Um, I mean, from, I mean, you can name it. There's, you got, you got China. You have uh, the Russian-Ukraine uh, war. Um, I, I believe uh, with the Fed's tightening, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be drastically lower here. Yeah, and you know I I agree with you um, definitely in the in the long term for sure. Um, the problem that I'm that I've been having personally in my in my trading has just been um, you know, with the, with the premium decay buying options, you know, even if you have the long-term view, right, you could, uh, you could run into a theta decay, a situation where your option becomes worthless, even though you had the, the direction, right? Direction, right. So, yeah. And so that's something that I've personally been, been struggling with in terms of, you know, how to play my overall view, which is that the market's going to go down from here. Um, you know, so how are you, how are you dealing with that issue? Are you just, are you selling out at the end of each day? Do you hold overnight? How, how, how are you playing that? So, so my strategy, um, it's, it's with, with that is like, again, I, I try to, I try to hold some overnight. Um, just depends on, again, a lot of, uh, the fundamentals that are coming out. Obviously this is a big week. We had big earning week this week. Um, so, uh, going into this week, I wanted to look more at earnings. Um, there was there was some earnings, but the thing is with that is that the, the interest rates 
and specifically the tens, uh, the two two years, and 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 even the thirties, were just so I mean so blown out. Um, then you go overseas and you look at emerging markets, you look at Europe's interest uh, um, inflations, you look at their tailwinds as far as um, they, France is in a in a uh, election runoff. Uh, the euro's trading at uh, the lowest I've I've seen it in a while. I've it's one of the lowest I've seen it in a while. So you take all that into consideration, and I want to be I want to be in some puts. Um, I want to be in some puts. You also have the China lockdowns, Shanghai, twenty six million people locked down, um, and the, and it just doesn't look rosy. <laughs> It just doesn't look rosy. So no, uh, no, yeah, I completely agree. It's crazy because, um, you know, I was hoping I was playing for a bounce here at least at the end of the week, and you know, it's it's hard when you have a a, a position to not, you know, to to not view the news through a biased lens, right? If you're if you're long, if you have calls and you're bullish, you want to take all the news and view it as bullish, and if you're bearish, you do the same, but. You know, I was I was I was hoping for a bounce today. Obviously, we didn't get that, um, but I just couldn't believe it was just bearish news after bearish news. Like you said, Shanghai lockdowns, uh, inflation, uh, consumer inflation, uh, producer price inflation. Uh, you know, just headline after headline. Um, Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan coming out and warning about recession risks, uh, housing uh, data just being horrible, and so it's uh, it's it's. Yeah, it's just, I, I can't believe the amount of bearish news that's coming out. And, and you know, what's interesting is, is um, you know, we're not having this quick sell off, this down 5%, down 10% days. It's this like slow, uh, just eroding, you know, down, you know, 1% each day. Then you go up a little bit and down and just like, it's not really the, you know, they normally say it's the stairs on the way up and the elevator down, but this has been that you know the stairs on the way down and so i'm not sure what that means um what do you think about that yeah i mean we had a we had a nice candle uh on the the qq on nasdaq yesterday and 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 even on spy and i was i was looking at the smpy yesterday and um i think a lot of a lot of people had a gen i think people uh, traders investors um, for the most part, I mean, 14 years of quantitative easing. Um, this is this has been going on. You know, everybody has been in that kind of mind frame. You know, and so I, I just believe that um, you know, retail for the most part, they have been kind of, <laughs> I hate to say, it, programmed in a way. When we come, up, we got the Fed put. You know, we. we you know, Fed inch, Fed raises rates twenty five uh, basis points. Everybody says, oh, "Okay, you know, we're 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 uh, we we're the economy's picking up. Everything's picking up. CPI is a little hot. Full unemployment. Now, Feds are talking about raising the rates fifty. I mean, we got the we got everything. Got all the data came out yesterday. Most of the you know core soft core um, was was rosy, and I think I think traders got caught. I think traders got caught with that, and 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 head went, headlines, especially with the you know mainstream media, was uh, we uh, we peaked, inflation peaked, and I think uh, a lot of people got 
wind of that, but I believe, uh, you know, retail uh, was was trapped and and you know holding the bag there. So, a um, lot a lot of headwinds, a lot of tailwinds, um, and um, I just just think that you know it's it's real it's a real it's a real mental funk. You, you have to kind of uh, you know digress from that in a way. Because um, you, you you are a trader and you're an investor and you you know you want to protect your capital as as much as possible. Yeah, you know that's a that's a really really good point about um, retail investors just kind of being programmed to buy to buy dips because you know for years I mean all the way you know to twenty even even back as far as twenty eighteen even before that twenty twelve I mean if you just closed your eyes and bought stocks on any ten percent dip. You you could have closed your eyes and bought pretty much any stocks or just bought the indices on any ten percent dip and you would have come out way ahead. And um, you know, that 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 mentality, you're like you said, has been programmed into people and it's been a situation where, you know, anytime the markets go down, people are just going reflexively buying. And it's look now we just keep making uh lower highs and lower lows. Lower and lows. so I wonder when that, that mentality is going to uh, kind of start fading from people and they're going to get nervous and just start panicking because we really haven't seen any panicking yet. I mean, the VIX is at 22. We go down 1% a day, 2% a day, but th- this isn't any kind of 2008 style, you know, 9% of the day, even even yeah. 2020 style, 10% of the day. So when do you think that mentality will shake out if it does? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard. I think it's, I think that's going to be hard to, to, to to pinpoint, um, I, I do believe that 2019 was a um, that was a great example of you know the sentiment getting very uh, you know panicky um, and and you know we were we were we were under under the illusion that you know this was going to blow over simple virus whatever um, and you know for the record I was actually telling people you know this is going to be pretty pretty big this is going to be a global thing um you know and as soon as you know those people came over from from china it just it spread so i I, it's hard to tell with this this is a different drip like you were saying it's not you know 10 percent. it's not these these big drop-offs it's it's usually it's just these slow drips and it's really um confusing if you're not you know uh, if you're in this market and you're 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 playing very big and you're you're hedging um very big it's 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 really hard to tell i can't really tell you but it it's definitely uh catching retail and i think retail is going to wake up here pretty soon um but i do think we snap i don't know where but we we definitely looking somewhere maybe may i i have it kind of forecast for may yeah i think i think if this keep this pattern keeps up where we you know, are down two percent, then go up one percent, gives gives traders hope. Then we go down another two percent, up one percent. I mean that that pattern is gonna. That's probably the worst case scenario for uh, for some traders because it's it's like you know people are gonna get hope that we're gonna go back up to new highs or the bottom is in or whatever, and they're gonna you know jump back in with whatever cash they have left, and then they would just watch it get eviscerated the next day, and so. Um, that's a really bad environment for a lot of retail traders to be in. It's also a really tough environment for options traders to make any kind of money because, 
if even if you're buying, you know, put, put options, uh, hoping the spy is going to go down 10%, but it just does this slow 1%, 2% drift down. I mean, the option could become worthless before you ever see that 10%. So it's, it's a really tricky time uh, to be a trader here. And I don't, I don't really have a solution to it other than basically just intraday tradings trying to take out little, you know, take out base hit wins, $1,000, $2,000 each day, each week, put that away, and then just keep keep your uh, liquidity around for any kind of big, um, you know, dry powder, any kind of big play. But this is this is a, a really, really tough market. It's like you said, it's not it's not a panic. It's just a slow drip down. And I think that's kind of the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. Um... I think that it's it's just that the market is not it's not like 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 I said it's not going down you know like me and you say it's not it's not just straight complete you know down ten percent it's a slow trip and I think it's confusing a lot of people and confusing a lot of uh, you know traders and and investors that you know okay this can you know and then we'll get those afternoon highs you know, midday highs and then it'll bounce and it'll just bear flag right down into um, the, I, and I think for the most part, um, you know, if you, I, I trade the, you know, daily moving averages. So if you're looking at the daily moving averages now, um, I, I, I believe we've taken out, we've taken out most of the daily moving averages um, and, you know, more for me is, you know, when it's when you're going a high, when you're when you're playing that high uh, volatility um, to the to the upside. When you're playing that, you're you're looking at moves, you know, to the to the high fast. But these are confusing a lot of people because I don't think that, like I said, they're just we're, we're not programmed to to fade these, you know, we're more, okay, we come down with pop and we're up by the end of the day and this has been programmed. So it's going to be difficult. Um, and like you said, with the, as far as like calls and puts and I would really suggest not even like, so when I first started trading, I used mostly, you know, small amounts, I dibbled and dabbled, like I said, in and out of, uh, in the money options, and out of the money uh, calls and my spreads were super wide, but, you know, I could balance them out if I was, um, you know, holding overnight on a call that I believe that was going to go up, but I didn't have so much um, skin in the game, you know? So I think as, as the spreads widen a little bit more here, and again, you know, this is taking into consideration the whole micro uh, view of things, the whole world perspective. Uh, you have to kind of, you know, uh, understand that because we're we're inter we're innerly connected. You know, all this stuff is is interconnected. You know, China is locked down. You know, they buy most of our treasuries. You know, that's that's a big, you know, that's a big money play. You know, that's a big it's a big thing on the dollar. You know, so. Uh, I watch indicators like, you know, different indicators like the dollar uh, going up. Uh, I watch, uh, you know, 
bonds uh, and and you know those are all gonna those are all gonna interconnect sorry but those are all gonna interconnect there with one one each other you know um so you have to just pay attention to a lot of the leading in a lot of these leading major indicators too yeah so the yeah the three indicators that i usually follow in it and have it doesn't always work on the downside, but on the upside, I haven't seen a day where it hasn't worked is the 10 year treasury yield, the VIX and the dollar. Um, you know, since I've been trading almost every day that the, the dollar's red significantly, the VIX is red significantly and the 10 year yield is red. The market rocks that whole day. The market rockets the entire day up. Uh, on the downside, it doesn't work inversely. It's not whenever the dollar is green, you know, the market goes down. It doesn't work that way. But if, if those three indicators are there, I feel pretty confident about um, buying calls and being bullish. Um, but what's happening is a lot of those moves are happening overnight. So if you're not holding those options overnight, you miss out on a lot of those moves. You buy in at the high of the day. And the market kind of just trades sideways and you don't make any money. And so that's, that's the difficulty of, you know, of this environment. Um, but, you know, as I've been following you on Twitter for a while, we both consider ourselves probably contrarian investors. You know, that term's used a lot, but really it just means, you know, we look for to go the opposite way of the crowd. And, um, you know, one thing I was just thinking about when you were talking was, you know, as if we consider ourselves contrarian investors and every piece of news that's coming out is bearish and it looks like the sentiment on Twitter is bearish. Um, there's more puts than calls being bought right now. The ratio, I think, is like one to one point two. Um, you know, does that does that mean we should be leaning bullish? Is 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 all this news baked in? I mean, maybe. Maybe all this stuff is really reflected in the price as of now, and and we do go higher. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think that you know, um, you know, those are those are you know, those are you know, leading indicators. Uh, I think that you obviously you know we're on Twitter, so we we see the sentiment, um, and and we see um, the crowd. And as contrarians, we also want to take that, you know, look in. You want to look at what the crowd is doing. Um, and and again, just to my other, to my back point with um, indicators, um, I'm looking at abnormalities, things that are happening that, like you said, are in uptrends are not usually things to look for. Um, because, you know, um, back when I, uh, last year when we were, uh, you know, in this big, um, you know, mean phase where everybody was buying AMC and, you know, uh, you know, the bullish tone, the undertone and everything, again, was stocks always go up. And I, I, I got to go back to the feds and just the, just the quantitative easing and so much money, so, so much. And, and it's just a complete 360 now. Everything is a complete 360. So, with those, you just have to now take the indicators and go reverse with them. You got to look outside of, you know, kind of get out, kind of step out of that comfort zone and look at things, you know, like gold, like silver. I, I've listened to a lot of these, um, you know, uh, these these people who play miners um, and, and then 
you know, using those, having that confidence, and then going into, say, uh, ETF and playing options and looking at that perspective and saying to myself, you know, I'm playing this thing, and this thing is this thing is not held by anything. This is literally just being held by, you know, the Fed put and the Fed quantitative easing. And look at all the fundamental risk at at play here. You know, it's is it just is it just like Am I going to ride this trend or am I going to be safe and say, hey, look, let me, you know, let me let me hedge here on on this and take advantage of this opportunity um, because it does it doesn't look right to me. It just doesn't. And, you know, for me, again, I haven't gotten to that point to where I could just say, hey, look, let me just throw, you know, the whole kitchen sink at this this disdain. I've gotten to the point to where now I'm adding a little bit more because now. You know, my main portfolio and the, the main uh, stocks that um, I was, you know, dibbling, dabbling in back in 2020 and 2021 are now picking up a little bit momentum. I'm like, OK, now I can feel like I can risk a little bit more to play the downside. So and it's been you know, it's been paying off pretty much. So. Yeah, no, the uh, anyone, anyone with bearish, anyone who's been playing this last month or two bearish has been came out you know, ahead and is doing, is doing great. Um, it's interesting. Something you said when you said it just doesn't look right, it doesn't feel right. And, you know, I know you've been in the markets for a while. I've been in the markets for a while and I've been reading a book on Jesse Livermore when you're one of the most famous traders and he would get in and out of stocks. And a lot of times it would be a, a gut feeling. And he described that as maybe some sort of subconscious uh, feeling that he had of just watching the tape every day, day in and day out he couldn't actually put into words, but something just didn't feel right. And I think that's kind of what you're expressing is like the markets just aren't acting the way they've been acting for the last five, six, seven years. And I think you hit the nail on the head there by saying, you know, the Fed basically <clears throat> came out and said, we're not going to support the markets anymore. In fact, you know, some of the Fed heads are saying we want a recession to cool inflation. And so, um, I think that's what we're seeing. And I can see it in the tape. I agree with you. It's it just something just looks off and it just feels different than it's felt for a long time. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I, I think I think what's what's peaking, uh, mo- what what piqued most people's curiosity with this, because, again, this is, you know, um, you know, economic starts, I believe, you know, at a at a local level. So if you're, you know, locally going to the gas pump. And, and you're seeing prices move up and you're going to the grocery store and you're seeing prices that you're like, whoa, hold on, this doesn't make sense. So I think it's starting to even make sense at a, at a basic, you know, at like even my level here, you know, I get questions because, you know, in my family, I'm usually the one that's kind of, you know, in tune with this uh, market. And so people are just like, hey, what's going on with gas prices? You know, I thought, you know, we're, we're producing and we're, you know, major producer of gas and I'm in oil and stuff. And I'm having to tell them that this is not the case. Like things have changed. You know, we are not a we're not a country who, uh, uh, you know, produces anything anymore. Um, we don't we we export and, and we I mean, uh, I'm sorry, not export, but we uh, uh, import a lot of goods from overseas. And, um, you know, they're just like dumbfounded. And then. You know, now, you know, with this new strategic reserve release and we're supposed to be getting lower oil and it's just like it's not it's it's 
it's backwardization, right? We're, we're, we're going now and we're pulling from the future. And just like we've done with everything, you know, if you think about it, in, in hindsight 5050, we've kicked the can down the road with our, with our, our, um, our, with our national debt, you know, and we're trying to now say, hey, look, you know, it's, it's now or never, but it's never, never been that way. You know, it's always been, we kick the can, we keep the can, we keep this party rolling, everybody's happy, but it's, it's, it's not the feeling. And I think at a local level, you're starting to feel that. I think you're going to start to feel that even more now as oil continues to go up. And then we have WTI now, just, I just seen it. It was up again at, um, 104, 103. And it's just, it's, um, just one of those things you just gotta, you gotta really look outside of the Mac, the macro perspective and start looking more macro um, because there's a lot of tailwinds and we're, we're not even i don't honestly believe that we're even halfway there yet yeah no it's it's interesting what you're saying about the the average person because you know if uh you know if you don't if you don't study markets if you don't watch markets and you're not a trader or you, or you just don't watch market news, CNBC or anything, and you just don't pay attention to it. You're just an average person going about your life, working whatever job you're working. A lot of these times when the market goes up and down, the average person doesn't feel it, doesn't doesn't know it. They may see it in their 401k statement that they get every quarter, but you know, they're not watching the moves like, you know, like a trader is, someone that does this for for their for their full-time income. And so, it's interesting now that the effects of you know, the Fed, the effects of, of COVID, the effects of uh, a lot of, you know, fiscal policy um, is affecting the average person because everybody, if they drive a car, when they go to the gas pump, they're seeing, wait a second, it cost me last year, you know, $40 to fill up my tank and now it cost me $90. And so when the average person starts feeling it, you know, that eats, that eats into everything, right? Because if, if a person's on a budget, you know, they have only a certain amount of money to pay their rent, their food, to go, and then whatever's left over they can use for shopping, consumer goods. And if gas is eating into 30, 40% more of their monthly budget, that's going to have a ripple effect through the whole economy. And so it's interesting what you're saying about people seeing those prices rise at the gap, people seeing those prices rise at the pump. Um, and, you know, Biden's numbers are reflecting it. And so um, people are people are upset. And so I... I wonder how that's gonna how that's gonna play out over the next few months. Um, what do you think? Um, I, I think that um, to your point, it, it's it's becoming very uh, political uh, at the gas station, at the gas pump. Uh, I think that these oil prices are gonna be a issue, uh, a, a political issue, and I and I and I totally agree with what you said in your last podcast where you were talking about how. Um, you know, gas price, I mean, uh, you know, inflation prices being uh, correlated with political agendas here because you're, you're talking about midterms here coming soon. You know, these these uh, heads, these talking heads, I don't even call them people that represent us because they're just talking heads that are just consumed with so much power that they're just so, you know, driven by this that, you know, they will do anything to you know, get back in power. So I think you see this now at, at, you know, your, your federal head, you know, this, these people 
want to, you know, tighten this market, you know, this market that's been, you know, spoon fed sugar. And it's like an addict, you know, you, you're just taking the spoon away. And, um, but I just think we just have to be, you just gotta, you gotta, gotta have some sort of perspective, um, on this thing because it's, 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 you know, and I hate to be a pessimist because I don't really say myself, I say I'm more of a realist because I look at the glass, it has water in it. It's not half full. It's not half, it's not, you know, full. It's not half empty. It's just, you have to look at things. You have to tell yourself, Hey, look, you know, these, these are real live headwinds that are going to affect us as a nation and are affecting us, you know, globally. You know, this is how the globe now is looking at us. These sanctions are not, they're not, they're not hurting nobody. They're hurting us. <laughs> you know, they're not hurting Russia. They're not hurting, they're hurting us here at home. Because we, like, again, we depend on these natural resources. We don't make a lot of these resources. We don't, there's, there's not a lot of this that has been uh, you know, capitalized here. We, we, we didn't put a lot of capitalization into these, these oil refineries and pipelines. We've shutting things down. You know, we're getting more greener and, and carbon taxes and stuff like this. So, you know, we didn't make these things prior to these things because we didn't believe that these things could happen. But now they're here. We have full-blown war going on overseas. And, and we see that, you know, these things are not, you know, if you look at this, the Russian stock market, is it's, it's not, not pretty, but it's not, you know, it's not bad either. And then the ruble's picking up steam. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? You know, like. These 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 uh, catalysts are are just like you have to ask yourself, you know, what is going on here? So, do you think um, do you think politicians are giving kind of what I would say backdoor orders to the Fed, and they're basically saying, like you know, in private, you need to get inflation under control, and we don't care about the markets at this point. I mean, I I that's what I personally think. I mean, I saw Joe Manchin came out and said. The Fed needs to, you know, I, I, Trump was one of the first presidents who would come out and basically, you know, go after the Fed and say they need to lower interest rates. But um, I think now I think there is a big political push onto Jerome Powell to get inflation under control. And I think they're they're going to be OK or willing to risk, you know, a 25, 30 percent uh, correction in equities and in, in retirement accounts and in the stock market. Um, to, to do that. And I think, I think politicians are, are getting scared and I think they're telling the fed to do anything they can to, to get inflation under control. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Uh, to your point, I think, I think that's what's happening. I think that, um, that you have a, a, you know, it's a, it's a controlled sort of, you know, strategic thing going on again, cause those guys are also up, you know, and they're, they're fighting for their jobs. And so, it's kind of like whoever's in play and whoever's in power, you know, is going to make the rules. So I think they're going to do whatever they have to do um, to get inflation under control. And if that means seven, eight basis point hikes, you know, they're, they're, they're translating uh, that they're going to they're, they're going to do eight basis points, seven basis uh, raises this year to get it under control. And honestly, you know, I, you know, and going back, you know, you know, we've been on Twitter a long time, so we've, I've seen this, and it's kind. That's kind of the reason why I had to take a break for a while because it was just like, you know, you see these numbers coming out on inflation, CPI every year, and you know they're screwed. You know they're not telling you the real picture of what is really happening locally because they leave out a lot of things out of these numbers. They leave out food, they leave out energy, 
you know these are things that affect you know people at a, at a local level every day and now when they come out with the numbers and you're just looking at yourself scratching your head you're like there's just no way that inflation is this low like i mean it has to be you know it, it has to be double digits at this point has it peaked i don't think so i honestly don't think so and and that's the thing is that Jerome Powell and everybody at the feds and all the hawks and even even the one dove or Bernard Bernard or what her name is uh, whatever her name is, she's even going hawkish and it's I think it's just the realization that they've they have to they have to get this inflation under control now and it's a very non vocal to take you know take a page from Volker you know it's not his world anymore so they 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 have to kind of massage this thing in a way that it's not hard landing right it's a soft landing and we're behind they're behind on the curve they're just they're way behind on this thing they should have started raising rates last year easy like they they should have been doing this a long time ago yeah no it's uh they're way well, yeah, they're way behind the curve. I, I definitely agree with you there. And it's, you know, like you said, the inflation numbers that the official inflation numbers that they come out with are, you know, the criteria for those have changed so much since the 80s and the 70s. And so, you know, an 8.5% inflation rate today is really, like you said, like a 15, 16% inflation rate using the, the way they used to calculate it back in the 80s. And so it's, you know, knowing all that, and then thinking, okay, the Fed's going to come in and do something, and they go and they raise the rate 025 percent, you know, twenty five basis points. It's like it's kind of laughable, right? And I know they're trying to manage this soft landing, but I, I, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't think there's any way that they can manufacture a soft landing with inflation at eight point five percent and the federal funds rate at 025 percent. I mean, there's just, that's just, that's an insane, uh, you know, insanely behind the curve. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know how, I mean, they're going to have to raise at least 50 basis points at the next, at the next meeting. I mean, I think that's kind of baked in at this point. Um, but I'm surprised, you know, the Fed hasn't come out and said, we're going to do an emergency hundred, hundred point, hundred basis point hike. Nothing like yeah. that. You know, yeah, they, they no. sent, they've sent speakers out to, you know, like you said, the brainer to talk hawkish and basically talk the markets down but but i mean it's 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 hasn't it's not enough obviously i mean inflation just keeps getting hotter and hotter every month um and do you do you think we peaked or or you think we're still we're gonna go even higher no i i think yeah i think we're definitely gonna go higher here um it's just there's too much i mean there's just so much that has just bubbled man i mean you got the housing market now finally catching on um you have bonds that are still rising i mean who's i mean this is crazy i mean we've never been i've never seen i never seen a two year like at almost three this is 10 year at a three inverted and i think for the first time we had the the 10 year actually go positive that was crazy it, i don't think we peaked i don't think it, it's we've seen this thing uh, head, I don't think we've seen the head of this snake yet, man. I think, I think inflation is here and it's going to be with us for a while. Uh, even, even if 
this is say hypothetically there was a truce between Russia and Ukraine. This is so much that has been untangled as far as globalization goes. The relationships soured, you know, and it's just going to the geopolitical, you know, look at look at the world. And it's like we've literally pushed Russia over to China and we've let him be friends, let she be friends with Putin. And it's like we need <laughs> we need these commodities that you have, you know, we, we, we need these things that you produce. And we've literally pushed him into China's arms now and it's a whole nother picture with china right so i'm hearing now in china they're they're not actually um they're not doing any quantitative time they're doing quantitative easing and you know even with the, you know the the plumbing structure and and stuff that they have going on over there with the real estate um i think you had ever ever evergrand that defaulted on some payments over to the real estate even with that happening and their plumbing kind of messed up you know the perspective is that you know, China One Belt Belt Road Initiative is spreading Chinese money and, and rumbies all over the globe. And their tentacles are just so wide now. They just have grown so wide with their production and the, the, the now digital one they're talking about implementing. And you just got to factor in a lot of these things that are just like, wow, this thing is, is, is actually bigger than, than this whole, you know, microcosm that we've been living in. You know, it's just, it's just totally bigger than us. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy to see the 10-year yield uh, move like a meme stock. I mean, if you look at the chart, you know, a three-month or six-month chart of the 10-year yield, I mean, it's almost parabolic. And those kind of moves in bonds, I mean, bonds are supposed to be, you know, the safe, boring investment. They pay you out each month and, you know, they go up a little bit and that's it. You know, it's it's supposed to balance out the portfolio. I mean, to see these kind of moves in bonds is is just wild. I mean, I've never seen anything like these kind of moves in bonds. And I think this this uh, it's actually historic how fast these uh, rates have moved up. And so I think obviously the bond market is trying to run ahead of the Fed. Um, but you know, going from a, a I think the ten year yield in the lowest of COVID was like point four, and now it's at two point eight two. I mean, that is. That is a huge move, and it's pushed up uh, uh, interest rates on mortgages. It's pushed mm -hmm. up interest rates on car loans, land loans, all kinds of you know any kind of debt. Uh, the rates have risen significantly, and all of that's going to have you know a dampening effect on the on the economy, um, and of course on the stock market, especially these high flying tech companies um, that don't have any profits and they're really just growth. I, I think they're they have been getting hit pretty hard and I think they'll continue to get hit worse. Uh, but my question to you is at what point do you think the fed basically gives up um, a 20% drop in the S and P a 40% drop in the S and P? Cause at a certain point, you know, we know from history 2018, they tried to raise rates. The market went down 20%. They cried uncle and immediately stopped raising rates and then actually lowered rates. Um, so there's there's definitely a pain threshold in the market where they, where they will reverse course if, you know, they, they feel the political pressure and they, they see the markets basically collapsing. Um, what point do you think that is? How, how much do you think they'll let the market fall before they reverse course and start uh, back to zero and printing money again? Well, I think 
I think towards I know you got you got your earnings, uh, you got everything you know as far as uh, earnings coming out this quarter, uh, and then next quarter going into quarter four, and then twenty twenty three. I I, I want to say you could see some relief. I think you can have some relief. I, I want to put it towards the end of quarter four, and uh, I just like you said, I think that. The feds and everybody just really has that real threshold as far as, you know, paying goes and everything. Um, and from, you know, from what I've been hearing and the analysts that I've been listening to and, and hearing is that you, know, you have uh, demand kind of just rips itself up. It's just it's just too much. It comes to, it just comes to the point to where if I can't get the goods, then I just won't buy them. And if we can't get um, the supply chain. Um, if we can't get stuff moving with the supply chain, then we just it just it will be so much uh, destruction there. Again, this is just a hypothesis. I think you know, just forward looking. I think 2023, uh, maybe beginning, we see the Feds come back in and maybe back backstop this thing. If if that you know, uh, if they're just if if it's enough. Um, you know, I, I think, I think you want to also position yourself for that because, um, you know, treasuries, long-term bonds, uh, are things that I'm looking at and I've been hearing it could be a good position to want to play, um, long view wise, you know, six, seven months out. Yeah. So you're thinking that six or seven months out, the uh, the yields will probably start to come back in and it'll be a good play to hold uh, long-term bonds. Um, but do you think, you know, do you think if we get a 30%, just say hypothetically, a 30% correction in the S&P, you think the Fed will still continue on this course of tightening or will they, you know, there'll be headlines all over the place, market crashing, you know, Black Tuesday, Black Thursday, whatever it is, you know, markets are crashing, uh, you know, the world is ending kind of headlines. Do you think they'll they'll say what we don't care we we have a mandate and that's to lower inflation or do you think they'll give up basically and immediately try and support markets? I think that if we was to get something like that where we have that that it's almost like a black black swan thing, right? We just have oh, just a, 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 a just a selling for frenzy where you know we just sell off you know you know thirty. Uh, on the S&P, 30 on the Dow, um, you're talking about transportation, you're talking about all these industries really just lagging down. I think you could you could see some sort of, you know, Fed put come into play here or even even a, a, a talk of, you know, because you know, we, we also we also know from history that even with the Feds, it's it's all talk sometimes and it just sparks. Uh, you know, the market to move. So I think in an event like that, yeah, I definitely think that we could we could push, um, they could push equity a little higher, give us some some room to breathe and come in and, and intervene in that in that case. Yeah. And I mean, if they, you know, my personal view is, if they did that, say say for example, they tried to they raise fifty basis points in the next meeting, then fifty basis points. Now you're at one point two five, and then all of a sudden the S and P's crashes 25 30 percent and they immediately 
turned around, reversed course and said we need to support the markets, even though inflation is still high. I think that's I think that's the beginning of the end. I mean, I think that, you know, the Fed, Fed doesn't have much credibility as it is, but I think that would put the final nail in the coffin for Fed credibility. And that basically would show that we're in a, a situation of unsolvable debt bubble, an unsolvable debt crisis. And if the Fed can never raise rates, because as soon as they raise rates, the market crashes, that's going to be a real problem for for the dollar. And so that kind of ties into what you were talking about earlier about gold, silver, and miners. Um, how are you playing those? Are you long gold and silver? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely long. A uh, couple of miners, silver, gold. Um, trying to get my hands on some some uh, real right now because uh, I think that, you know, again, six, seven months here, we could be possibly talking about a whole nother environment as far as uh, as far as that goes. Um, and just looking at some, you know, some reports, it's just that um, uh, you you gotta you got to you gotta look at it. You gotta look into that at least. If you haven't looked into silver mining as some sort of hedge play, again, I would do my due diligence. You see on that be- only because there is a lot of. We go back to the banks and we go back to the dollar um, in, in a scenario where uh, the Feds do lose this fight. People are going to be looking to pull their money out immediately. And how much is that dollar really going to be able to afford you in a scenario like this is where you have to play the miners and play credit because a lot of these miners, there is a lot of miners that are heavily leveraged. Um, And when I say heavily leveraged, I mean they're heavily leveraged towards credit. so if you get a rise in interest rates, again, banks pulling credit, tightening um, and rates rising, some of these could be left on the hook for that. Now, that was a Zolt. I don't know if you heard heard of uh, Paul Zer, uh, Zoltan. Uh, he, he came out um, with a letter talking about uh, interest rates and where he felt with that and commodity, the whole commodity boom thing happening. Um, to your point afterwards, as the Fed loses its credibility. Um, and I think also just to, to, to elaborate more on that, you also had um, Michael J. Berry, who uh, if you guys are not familiar with, is the guy who they based the uh, movie Big Short on, come out and say the Fed has no intentions of fighting inflations and a series of half-point half hikes are getting ele- elevations before stocks and consumers are tapped out. And the same with uh, the rapid QT. The feds are all about reloading monetary bazookas. So it can ride out and rescue the financial uh, fiasco put. And again, that just goes ties more into this. And it's just, it just, you know, when I read that this morning, I said, oh my God, you know, this is, you know, these things, you know, <laughs> it's just more and more, you know, uh, you just have to look at that thing. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking for that actual tweet. I remember, I remember seeing that as well. I want to read that out. Let's see if I can yeah, find it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite, quite, quite read it as so say. But yeah, it's, uh, it's. I have it posted. I'll, I'll retweet it again. Let's see. Okay, I got it here. He said, "Oh, so he's got, he's got his Twitter where where it deletes after a certain amount of time." But yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that tweet where he basically said that the Fed's not serious. 
about about fighting inflation, um, which in a way, you know, I agree with. Right. Because we have so much debt. Every every percentage point of inflation just creates, uh, you know, less dollars, you know, to, to call, you know, the, the amount of dollars it's going to take to pay the inflation or pay those debts back is the same, but each dollar is going to be worth less. So inflation is actually better for anyone who has a large amount of debt because you're paying each each mortgage payment or each loan payment back mm-hmm. with dollars that are worth less. So inflation does benefit some people, people who have a lot of debt, like the U.S. government. So it's uh, it is interesting. It's it's a very very interesting time to watch the markets, to see the markets, and and to be trading this markets. I mean, it's you got to have a steel stomach because yeah. you know positions can reverse on you so fast, as we saw over this week. I mean, just this chop is just you know the way I've been playing it is just getting in and out quick, yeah. um, kind of following a trend get in either a put or call and get out quickly, take a small profit, just consistent base hits, um, waiting for some sort of a setup for a big play. But it's, it's just, it's so hard to trade because it's just, it's just each day, one day it's up, one day it's down. It's just like a bipolar market. And it's, that's, it's good for day traders, but that's a difficult market, um, you know, for long-term holders or for uh, swing traders. Yeah, no, most definitely. Uh, it is, it is, it is a um, like to pull a quote from uh, Leon Cooperman huh, this this week that I I seen. He he officially called it a a traders market, a stock pickers market. Um, and it, this is this is if this is I you know I've only read about this right. I've only read about these type of things happening. Jesse Livermore right um, a book. Uh, what was it called? The Wall Street. Uh, I forgot the name of the book, but he, you know, these are, these are things that we've only read about. Right. And, you know, to hear, you know, you know, 10 for the last 14 years, you know, I obviously I haven't been playing that long, but as long as I've been playing it for six, seven years, you know, we go down, we're down a day or two. Everybody's like, oh, man, you know, we're in a bear market. We're in a bear market. But then you hear in these stories of 87 and. Uh, 71 and these certain dates where you know you do get these bear markets and you're asking yourself okay all these people from back in that time are now saying this and you're like oh am i living in this is this truly a bear market and you just have to just like you have to ask yourself that oh we 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 possibly could this is possibly history right here you know we're 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 going to be telling these stories like, you know, the Livermore's of our time, because there's going to be a lot of people who I believe are going to make a tremendous amount of fortune. It's going to be made this this roundabout. And there's going to be a lot of tremendous amount of loss on the other end of that. So I, I just think it's an it's an, it's also an exciting time. You know, it's an exciting time to, to be, um, you know, in this market and understand it and um, and to play it. So I'm excited. I'm really am excited to you know, to look for, I'm looking forward to this. So. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great attitude to have. I mean, kind of having the perspective that we're, we may be living through a historical, a historical bear market. Um, we were, at least we're living through historical inflation. And so it's a, I think it's a great attitude to be excited about it and excited about the opportunities because I'm seeing a lot of doom and gloom and there's going to be people 
traders, even, you know, this happened in 1929, 2008, there's going to be very experienced traders that are going to just buy every dip and just get wrecked the entire way down. If we do go all the way down, I mean, they're, and they're going to just, they're going to, they're going to get wiped out because they're going to, they're going to just be so used to that playbook, that post 2008, 2009 playbook of just buying every 10% dip and you'll make a killing. And if the, if you if you take that same strategy and use that in these markets, you'll get wiped out. There's just no doubt about it. And so, um, yeah, this was a, a really awesome conversation. There's a lot going on, and I thank you so much for for being on the podcast. How can people um, find you? What can you put out your Twitter? Uh, yeah, any kind of other information or email, whatever you want for people to be able to contact you. Yeah, you can uh, you can look for me on Twitter. Um, Ar uh, I'm at uh, Edwards Rogman at uh, Twitter Edwards Rockman. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Find me on, on Instagram. Actually, I have the link on my Twitter. So if you guys actually want to uh, look at it, I have some stuff that I'm going to be working on as far as my YouTube channel goes. Because I also have a reselling thing going on with that, and I also do like a podcast, live podcast. So um, you know, I do uh, talk, you know, sort of about stocks too, and you know, not just you know reselling and stuff. So I just like to keep it interesting and. Again, with all this and everything uh, with the stock market and, and playing in the stock market, it's a very interesting time right now. So, yeah. Yeah. And AR, again, I appreciate you coming on. No problem. Go, go check out his Twitter. It's at, at Edward Brahman. You can find it either through my Twitter, which is at Retirement Right. Check out his page. Check out his YouTube channel. And, um, you know, he retweets a lot of interesting stuff, posts a lot of interesting stuff. So if you're if you're a trader, if you're interested in markets, Go check out his uh, his Twitter feed. Again, everyone have a great uh, long weekend. Markets are closed tomorrow, so enjoy your long weekend. And everyone, uh, get ready to to start this again on Monday. Have a great one. Bye, everybody.